0: Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Glovebox. God, I love Glovebox. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's show, please help me welcome, he is a 6'3 sophomore from Mobile, Alabama, parade first team, all-American, rivals, five-star recruit, He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Man, I just had Thai food. Mm.
1: We are one for three in restaurants being open when we try to go there this week. It's nappy time. It is nap time. That's that's why I try not. You know, you said I bet you come here all the time. I really don't. Probably
0: once a month. Really? I Mm -hmm. thought you probably ate there a lot
1: more than that. No, about once a month. And I don't go there at lunch because you feel like we feel now... I'll text Laurel and just say Ty, mm-hmm. and she always says yes every single time.
0: Did it bother you? And I want you to be completely honest with me, because I was trying to read your body language and tonality when I did this. So we are at the Thai restaurant, and uh, we've got our director of cinema, our photographer, our videographer. We've got all these people here, the cameras. But we were at the Thai restaurant eating at a booth, and Bradley said, hey, I think that's the owner. Yep. And I said, "Well, I'm going to ask if I can write his bit, his insurance business, so sure enough, he comes over, he's got our soup, yep, our appetizer soup stuff that we that we ate, and as he's leaving it on the table, I said, "Hey, we're portal insurance right here across the road. We eat here all the time. I said, uh, you ought to let us quote your insurance business. When's it come due? Just drop mm-hmm. plant plant a seed, plant yeah, a yeah, seed yeah. He said, well, I, I, you know, I think it comes to sometime December, January time frame. I said, well, you ought to let us have a chance to quote it I mean, Well, we're just right across the street. I couldn't get a beat on you whether you were uh, cared or not that I did that. or whether you I'm really glad you did it because now I have a lead. Okay. Yeah, no, I, 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 mind couldn't at all. I couldn't I mind tell. I couldn't tell. You didn't really have that's much it, to say exactly, about that.
1: That's exactly my style, except you do it with more panache masculinity. Right, right, right. More, yeah. You know, yeah. They feel like you're going to strangle them if they don't say yes. You know. But.
0: Well, I thought I thought it was I thought it was interesting that when he walked off. Now, there's four of us sitting at the booth. You're kind of an introverted extrovert.
1: 100. percent
0: I am a a straight up extroverted alpha extrovert. male extrovert. But I will say, I'm also one of those people that I can turn it on for days. I can turn it on at an insurance conference for two or three mm-hmm. days, and the entire time yeah. just be. Blah, 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 but blah, I've blah.
1: also seen you at an insurance conference, like almost stay in the room the whole time. Well, usually because I am about to die because I
0: am so sick. But yeah, yeah but but yes, you are right. But
1: just like, hey, I don't want to hang out here. I, right, you know, right, right, right.
0: Yeah. Now, Brandon, our director of cine, uh, cinematography over here, went to school as a direct, uh, cinematography school. Very introverted. Goes home after work and plays video games. Uh, you I do can that t- You can tell he's very introverted Right Now our videographer over here Ran He is more of an extrovert uh, More extroverted More sales oriented type guy Brandon told me as soon as I did that who He's also very opinionated Brandon tells me He says I wouldn't have done that I couldn't have done that And I didn't say this to him He's sitting right over here beside me off air I thought well you don't need to be an insurance agent for sure. Right? Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. It's just some personalities don't lend themselves to sales. His does not. Yeah. don't not not going to say he couldn't if he really, really we'll do, wanted we'll to.
1: We'll do a big celebratory event when I write the Thai
0: restaurant. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Guys, uh, for those of you that don't know this morning, what is today, guys? August the 30th? I think so. Uh, I was paid $1.75 million by Banana Boat to introduce their new, new product uh dad bod by banana boat uh, they flew me to jamaica first class of course so on social media if you go to my facebook page and the uh, insurance guys is uh, a instagram page or twitter or whatever you can watch some of the b-roll i'm i'm shocked you didn't get a jet man no, well they, they didn't fly you on the jet i'm not there yet the
1: the, the, the yellow
0: there. painted jet sure right banana boat jet It was a great shoot. I enjoyed meeting everybody with Banana Boat. They've got a great team put together. Was Heidi Klum on that one? Was not. It was just me. This particular product, they felt like (laughs) they needed somebody uh, ruggedly handsome. Yeah. As they put it, their words, not mine, the Alabama version of Rip Wheeler off of Yellowstone. Why Uh, Why did they get you? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, What they said was, and when I was doing the initial, uh, what do you call it, interview and, and, you know, basically going up for the part, which I went up against about 10 other guys, exact words in the interview was, we're looking for somebody who's skinny fat. Haven't seen anybody here that fits the bill any better than you do. So it was a great seven days. I enjoyed it. Uh, hard-earned money to be in Jamaica, yeah. you know, in the sun mm-hmm. and the sand, and you we're know. gonna get a we're gonna get a, a yellow banana-shaped cease and desist from Banana Boat. <laughs> ah, well, it won't be the first time, Bradley. It will not. It will not be the last, ladies and gentlemen. I have a fantastic podcast for you today. I've got a guest on that I am wildly interested in interviewing. It's funny, Bradley mentioned him to me either this morning or last night at dinner, and he said, "Do you know Alex?" And I said, I don't know Alex, but I know his name. His name has come up in certain circles that I'm involved in, you're involved with before. And so when you said his name, I thought, I feel like I know him mm-hmm. because I've heard people talk about you him. You get a lot of that. Right, but but I never had a chance to meet, and so today we're going to have a good time together. Guys, our mission on this podcast each and every week is to help you agents row the boat one step closer to the lighthouse. We're trying to get you guys from the five yard line into the end zone, and I'm using that analogy because this weekend starts college football season, which is the basically birth of baby Jesus for people in the state of Alabama. So the start of Alabama football season and then Christmas right below that. I'm dreading it. Yeah, it's gonna be a very interesting year here in, uh, or football season here in the deep south. Bet real quick. Okay. So, Bet. No, nobody listening to this cares about this. Right. Do
1: you think that Auburn's coach makes it to week eight?
0: I think he will make it through the season. Really? Yes, because he starts his first two games out against Red Bay Junior High School and yeah. uh, the some junior college out See, of South Mississippi, I think.
1: I think if he's won no
0: more than five games – after 8, he's gone. Oh, when he goes to Tuscaloosa and gets beat 675 yeah. to 3, yeah. he won't get on the bus to go home. Yeah, yeah. that'll be how it goes. Yeah, that'll be how that goes. Well, I just wanted to say that, that we had it on record to see what actually sure. happens. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Here we go, guys. Got a big podcast for you today. Get your notebook out. Write this shit down. We are here to help you agents get better. That's my mission every single week, okay? One day, I'm going to retire. And one of you is going to pull up to my house. I'm going to be on my tractor with a bush hog behind it. You're going to be in a limousine. We're going to hug it out. You're going to tell me how much I helped you. And they're going to have you hand you your T-shirt. And they're going to hand me my check for $1 million. Your T-shirt. <laughs> Scott Howell, I can promise you, son, if it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't be where I am today. So when one of you guys or girls starts the next, the next AcraShare. That's right. Scott's finally going to get paid. I'm either going to get paid or get the T-shirt. And we all know what the T-shirt says. Guys, let me get this guy on the podcast. I need to get him on because he can really help you guys today, and I want to give him the introduction he's always deserved. He was born, raised, and lives in Miami, Florida. He is married to the beautiful Michelle, and they have two beautiful babies. Not so babies anymore, but I tell everybody babies. I always say the word babies. I just think that's cute. Megan, 14, and Ryan, 11. Megan and Ryan, you do not care one bit about this podcast today, but let me tell you something. When you're about 25 or 30 years old, one day you're going to come back and you're going to listen to this podcast and you are going to be so proud of your daddy. And I can't wait for that to happen. He is the vice president of DePazzo and Associates, Inc., a family-run insurance agency representing businesses all over the great state of Florida. He joined the industry in 1998 with his partner and father, Maximo DePazzo, love that name, his core values of honesty, simplicity, and education drives everything that he does to help us assist small businesses thrive by understanding and helping place the insurance coverages that they need and want at a competitive price. He served in several capacities in local and national trade associations including the Latin American Association of Insurance Agencies and the Big Eye Diversity Council. Today, he is still a part of that, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. He's going up to talk to those people and be a part of the Latin American Insurance Council. I don't want to talk about that in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you first-time guest on the IGP, Mr. Alex how are you Alex
2: I'm doing great guys
0: proud to have I'm you
2: ca- I'm clapping for all of that I mean I got so much to say number one Scott when you come to Miami to an LA AIA event mm. I'm taking you out to lunch it's a prospect that I've never gone up to yet That's Heck yeah. happen. Uh, <laughs> absolutely
0: uh there is let me explain something to you to Scott Howell That is like being eight years old and waking up with a brand new bicycle underneath the Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what that's like. Alex, I've got so much to talk to you about and I meant what I said regarding your kids. The thing about this podcast is it lives in perpetuity on the world wide web. So kids that are your age... Information superhighway. the Information superhighway. (laughs) Web 3. The thing about our kids. And when I say our kids, I mean Bradley's, mine, and every podcast guest that we've ever had, over 256, 57 episodes. These kids do not care anything about insurance right now. They're all, you know, they're they're living their life. They're they're in school and they've got interest and things like that. And right now, today, they don't give a shit about what we're talking about on this podcast. But one day they're going to be 30 years old. They're going to be 35 years old. And I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm going to be gone. And I cannot tell you, I'm trying not to get emotional right now. I cannot tell you what I would give to be able to have something like this of my grandparents. Absolutely. Even my parents, you know, my, my mom and dad, they're getting up into that 74, 75 year old range. Yep. I. I'm about to, we're going to have secret time real quick, Alex. I lost both of my grandfathers when I was a junior in college. They died within months of each other. Uh, I believe one died of lung cancer. He'd smoked camels with no filters for 30, 40 years. And I didn't say three or four years. I said 30 or 40 Mm -hmm. years. The other died of prostate cancer. I today, as we sit here, do not have, to my knowledge, one picture of any of my grandparents hmm. and sometimes it is hard for me to remember what they look like mm-hmm. you know uh, let alone sound like right yeah right I do have one picture in my office my grandfather was at Pearl Harbor the day it was bombed by the Japanese he was in the army and in my office if you ever come in my office on the wall across from my desk I have a picture of him in his army uniform that's the one picture I have of, of any of my grandparents. So we've talked enough about me. Alex, I want to know all about you. Getting my DeLorean today, let's go back in time, talk a little bit about how you got into the insurance business and bring us up to today. And when you're finished with that, I want to talk about some of these diversity councils that you've been a part of.
2: Of course, man. I mean, you know, it's funny. So my journey starts with my grandfather. Wow. Uh, if if I don't finish this uh, podcast without quoting him two or three times, I, I haven't done my job.
0: Well, hey, here's but, a great. Uh, here's a great news. I'll write it down when you do. I love uh, I love quotes from granddaddies.
2: So my grandfather immigrated in 1960 a little bit just after Castro took over. Um, my my father came over in uh, 1970 uh, and they were in the clothing manufacturing business, mm-hmm. you know, very related to insurance. So, but that's all they did. That's all they knew how to do. Uh, around 1980, my dad opened his own shop and you know he's been doing that. And that's what I grew up knowing how to do. I can sew clothes, I can iron them, I can fix them, I can sell them. I can pretty much do anything with, with them. And um, I-, I knew I didn't want to do that for a living. That right. was for sure. Right. And uh, my father loved that business though. Uh, right. So right around NAFTA, so think uh, 93-ish, uh, it was really hard to manufacture anything inside the United States. Mm-hmm. I know we're not alone in saying that. And he never really was able to shift to the, you know, importing model. Uh, so uh, he ended up having to let that go, uh, tried a few things here and there. And a few years later, someone who we know who owned an all state said, Hey, you know, you'd make a great insurance agent. Uh, Dad never worked for anybody else. Didn't know how to do that. So he did whatever, you know, a very intelligent uh, business owner does. He opened an agency without knowing what an accord is. Right. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, you know, about uh, six months after that, he needed free labor, being a good Cuban son. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I offered that and 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 that's how I got in the industry. I wasn't really doing very much. and uh, and uh, he said, if you don't like working with your dad and he knew exactly what that was like, you end up uh, you know can you have a license, you can work anywhere. so I, I I took that journey and fell in love with the industry, and I've been doing it now alongside him ever since. So the agency's twenty five years old. I've been doing this for twenty four. And I've been having lunch with my dad every day, every weekday for the last 24 years. Talk about something I can never, ever repay God enough for.
0: Hey, let me tell you something. I just got off a podcast yesterday that will come out a couple of weeks before this one. And I lied. I told every person, all 250,000 of our listening audience, I said, I am not a jealous person. I am jealous of you because if there's one thing i could have in my life it would be able to go to lunch with my dad every day so i am jealous of you it's a huge blessing brother it's a yeah.
2: huge blessing we, we work well together <clears throat> he, he knew how to run businesses um when we got into the industry he thought he was going to open you know regular personal right. line shop but we realized real quick we have absolutely no idea how personal lines people think sure If you
0: you need help on that in the future, call me and I'll be happy to help you with that.
2: (laughs) And so, uh, you know, but we he he understood real quick that he knew exactly how small business owners. Right. Right. So we kind of fit into that segment. And um, that's kind of what we've been doing, you know, uh, growing little bit, little little by little every year. Uh, You know, blessed to be in our 25th year, just this August 21st is uh, was the actual turn date. Um, nice. And uh, only had one of those 25 years where we had a negative turn. And, that, and that's a blessing by itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially in Florida. And I, I know Bradley <laughs> knows Florida better than most. I'm sure you do too, Scott. We're,
0: we're about to talk about that. We're about to talk yeah. about that.
2: Uh, well, you know, Florida is yeah. not, you know, uh, it's where insurance comes to die.
0: Right. Um, so, and- so before we do, I've got a story to tell you, Alex. And I've mm-hmm. never, I've never, the secret time people secret time from scott howell i've never told this story ever never told it to bradley first time it's ever been told you said that when your father got in the business you guys opened up an all-state shop or he did is that right isn't that what well you said? he
2: was thinking of opening up he was told by an all-state agent but he yeah. opened like a personal alliance that was his concept was to open right. you know regular homeowners and auto kind of shop. thank god he didn't do all-state
0: well that's my story <laughs> secret time. I've never told one person this story. In 2007, when I started thinking about getting into the insurance industry, had not gotten into it yet, I started doing research on different companies, different carriers, different agencies in my area. At that time, I was living in Birmingham, Alabama, central Alabama. And I actually went out and I met with different agency owners to talk about their agency and possible opportunities, and then I started researching different companies. And I'm talking about all of them. I was talking to Alpha Insurance, I was talking to uh, independent agency owners and thinking about coming on board as as uh, as an agent for them. And I somehow got connected to a marketing manager with Allstate Insurance. Mm. And he, I called him and I left him a voicemail. He was like a marketing manager for Central Alabama. And he calls me back maybe the day later. And of all the people I interviewed with over the span of about a year and a half, and I interviewed with probably 20 or 30 different, different people in the industry, agency owners, this guy calls me back y'all again i've never told this story and we have about a 30-minute talk over the phone at that time you didn't have zoom and i didn't know how to do skype or anything like that so we were just just talking over the phone he told me on the phone he said scott i'm gonna tell you something all you need to do we'll sign you up as an all-state agent i'll give you a contract we'll open you up an office he said you really don't need more than about two weeks of training, and you'll be fine. And I thought, there's no freaking way. <laughs> Has this son of a bitch lost his mind? I mean, I didn't know That's shit. That's called, I get a bonus if you sign up <laughs> I, today. Yeah, so well, I'm going to tell you whatever I can tell you. I didn't know shit from shampoo about insurance, but, but do, I knew damn well it's going to take longer than two weeks for me to be able to damn run an insurance agency. You That's tell a you, true, you, that is a true story. That really happened. You tell your new hires,
1: correct me if I'm wrong, the first year is going to suck.
0: Awful. Does that that kind of Does
1: that kind of come from that a little bit?
0: I think that just comes – no, not from that. It just comes from my experience. So one of the things I found out when I signed on with Nationwide, and I've told everybody on this podcast before, my sales manager would literally get on her knees at night at the foot of her bed and pray that I would die of anal cancer (laughs) – her favorite saying to me my first six months with Nationwide was, well, Scott, I don't know what to tell you. It's sink or swim. It's sink. I, If I heard that once, I heard it 100 <laughs> times. It's sink or swim. It's sink or swim. And it almost forced me, well, it did force me. And Clint Knorr, we'll have him on the podcast one day, and he can tell all these stories. We haven't done that yet, have we? No, we haven't. We need to. He'll tell you the same thing. Sink or swim. Sink or swim. Yeah. Anyway, Alex, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent. So, one more thing. This must be something in your personality,
1: because you said that you
0: people hate my guts. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's it's always a something lot of people that hate no, my guts. No,
1: no, no. You said I don't think that's as true as you think it is. <laughs> you said that that of Callahan's would disagree <laughs> by would the way. She would disagree. Anyway, in, inside joke. So you talk to every company. I talk, and to, that's that's the opposite of what a lot of people do. Yeah, most people coming in this industry blind. They, they they go with the brand that's right. you know and, and whatever, right? But when you went from nationwide to independent. I remember you did this. You tried every single technology vendor under the sun and then whittled it down to the ones you wanted to use. So there must be something in your – and that's not what I did, and that's not what most agents do. And I thought it was really smart that you did that. There must be something in your personality that's like, hey, we're just going to try a little bit of everything.
0: See what works. Yeah, exactly. Well, the reason I did that, and I need to apologize publicly to Bradley, because there were two times that I called Bradley – and he said, as I'm trying all these technologies, he said, and I quote, Scott, don't do that. And my dumb ass <laughs> had because, to prove me wrong. Because I have the brain of about an eight week old raccoon thought that I was gonna I'm smarter than I'm smarter than Bradley Flowers. I this this will probably work for us. And both times, what did I do? Called you two or three weeks later and I said and You're right. You're right. I'm a dumbass. I can tell you one thing that I'm decently good
1: at is if you tell me like what you're looking for right. in a technology, I can
0: pretty much say, okay, this is who you need to go with Bradley, based on this. You do know? you know how many insure techs I have told you need? Let me tell you what you need to do. And Of course, none of them listen to me. None
1: of them listen to Insure techs are smart Go as as we know hire that.
0: Bradley Flowers to be a consultant. Pay him five five or $10,000 and let him consult for you for about two or three months just have six or seven zoom calls maybe not even that many how many have done that a couple but not many not many alex we got a lot to talk about here's my first question bradley flowers brought this up and i am wildly interested in this we have done a very poor job in this podcast even though we've had two or three podcasts about it in alerting the insurance industry and the 250,000 agents that listen to this about exactly how bad things are in the state of Florida in terms of insurance. You are in the foxhole, brother. You've got the M16. You're running out of ammunition. You've just, you've just put the bayonet on top of the M16. We're about to have to do hand-to-hand combat. Tell us about it.
2: Well, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I have a little bit of a, of a slightly different take on this than most agents do because I if you ask my opinion for the last fifteen years we've been shooting blanks.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, well you're in Miami it, so it's like the you're, you're epicenter. Yeah.
2: Well you know it's just
1: Miami's been dealing with it a
2: lot longer than the rest I, of the state. I, I've been so I, I read yesterday that we had in the state of Florida last year one hundred and fifteen thousand wait this was yesterday? well i read this yesterday okay it was an article i was reading yesterday but but uh we had one hundred and fifteen thousand lawsuits filed against insurance companies in the state of florida last year what would you think scott how every other state's averages
0: 20 20 to no it's well here's the other statistic i know because we've had two people come on this podcast and throw this statistic out 76 Mm percent of litigation filed in the insurance industry is filed mainly transportation and roofing in the state of Florida so hundred and fifteen thousand lawsuits I'm gonna say just 25 percent of that would be any other state oh, what is it
2: it's, it's 900 the average state puts 900 lawsuits a year we put 115,000 so gosh. I mean I don't know how how you could stick your head in the sand and you know, ignore those facts uh, but that's exactly what the Florida legislature has been doing since the last 25 years. So um, it's only gotten worse here. Uh, and, and you know, we don't have a hurricane problem in Florida. Um, you have an attorney you know, problem. It's what it is. I mean, it's I tell folks all the problem. time, Lloyd's of London started with a bunch that... of white guys sitting at a coffee shop, betting on the cut of the jib of the captain whether right. or not that cotton shipment would make it there. Correct. There was no models. There was no, you know, trending reports. You know, it was yeah. just figuring it out. So hurricanes... You know, hey, they, it'll make our insurance more expensive, granted, but it's not our problem.
1: Well, and it's like, too, a couple months ago, the Florida legislature got together oh and had God. this action plan they put together. I don't know if you saw this, Alex. And by the way, the Florida legislature, of all of whom are attorneys.
0: Uh, e- right? Every one of them. <laughs>
1: right. 75%. So it was like, we're going to do this. 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 And, and everything was very specific except the very last one, which was the most vague thing, which talked about addressing assignment of benefits.
2: So, so in, in the state of Florida, there's only one, been one insurance policy that has progressively been going down over the last 20 years, and that's workers' comp premiums. Right. Workers' comp premiums hit an all-time high in two, the year 2000. In 20, I want to say 2001, enacted for 2002, the state legislature passed one measure, that has reduced those premiums continually for the last 20 years. What is it? Caps on attorney fees.
0: Mm. <laughs> so Alex, we're talking about what we've read lately. Bradley, I read an article last week talking about the insurance problem in the state of Florida. I was telling some people about 2 weeks ago, I said if Florida keeps on them some bitches ain't going to be able to have homeowners insurance. Every damn person in the state of Florida is going to have to self-insure somehow. Hell, I don't even know how that's going to happen. Here's what, I, here's what I read last week. Correct me if I'm wrong. Bradley discussed the politicians in the state of Florida passing these regulations. My understanding is, again, I'm not very smart, just a country boy from Pine Ridge, Alabama. The reinsurers were so disappointed in that particular meeting and then, you know, passing legislation that it
2: almost made it down worse
0: instead of better. Your well, understanding it is, is it, it, well, that's what kinda, politicians I mean, tend a, to do.
2: Yeah. A, a simple way of looking at it. Yeah. What, what ends up happening is, is what they did wasn't enough. Correct. You know, one of the, one of the difficulties we deal with a lot here is, is every time we start yelling and screaming about the, what's going on as far as agents are concerned. Right. Uh, we, we get told, well, but you know, we make changes and the premiums don't go down. Okay. And and what's happened is is that they want this kind of immediate satisfaction. Right. We make this rule. Yeah. Premiums will magically just go down, and and that's not how insurance works. And Correct. it's definitely. And the problem pass with that, rules that is for it.
1: All, all the politicians are operating under the 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 little troll in the back of their head is saying you got to get reelected in two and a half years. So it's like we're going to try to pass measures that seemingly. Are possibly going to fix the problem today when in reality what we really need is something that's long term but I don't want to
0: do anything that hurts my chances of being reelected am I wrong what Bradley Flowers just said is the bane of my freaking existence and if I could have said the f-bomb on this podcast <laughs> there are two words that I don't believe I think one time and you you were, you and Johnny beeped it out but one time I dropped the f-bomb and I apologize for that but I wish I could have just dropped it just then a politician who has advisors behind him and of course the higher up the food chain you go the more advisors you have here's the here's the term that is the bane of my existence we don't like the optics of that that's really uh-huh. what you just said yeah they go behind a closed door in a in a conference room with leather italian back seat chairs <laughs> and some, some bitch is in there saying well de santos we, uh, we just don't like the optics of this. We don't like how this looks. I don't care how it looks. You, some bitches, better figure it out. or you, Before long, y'all we ain't going to have to worry about insurance agencies in Florida because all of them are going to have one damn insurance carrier to write your insurance through.
1: You don't, you don't say the F word, but you say enough, some bitches, to make up for it. Well, so. uh, to me, that's, you know. I'm, j-
0: I'm just messing with you. Alex. So Bradley, how many,
2: how many, some bitches do you need to make up an F box?
0: <laughs> exactly. That's a funny yeah. joke. That's a, that's some kind of, uh, yeah, puzzled. I guess,
2: at- but yeah, that's what that's what we're dealing with here. You know, it it, it is an optics problem. I mean, you know, it, it's funny because the the guy who just won the the right to represent the Democratic Party, who was a Republican at the time that he did this, trying to run for Marco Rubio's suit, was was probably the the, the beginning of the end of the problem. So, Citizens Property Insurance Corporation, oh, at boy. one time the largest homeowners carrier writing in the entire Southeast United States.
1: Mm. And by the they way, they're a, not in Alabama and Georgia. No.
2: Well, they, they're, they're the state insurer of last resort. They're yeah, our right. fair plan or, or our JUA, you know, different names, different places. But they're basically, you know, backed by the state of Florida. Only reason that they work for Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac is because of the, the state of Florida's bond rating. Mm-hmm. And so they finally decided, hey, you know, we, we have been charging un, actuarially unsound rates for too long. Wow. And we're going to raise rates. And obviously, the 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 amount they were going to raise rates was was significant. You know, it was going to be a big number. Mm-hmm, right. But then um, he, you know, t- because of the optics, Charlie Crist decided that he was going to make this a platform for his running for senatorship, and he froze citizens' rates for multiple years. So could you imagine trying to oh compete in a market where the where the insurer of last resorts rates are already lower than the market rates, uh-huh. and then they can't raise them?
1: Well, and part of the problem too and I could be completely wrong on this, this is my take on this, is you have what, what you call the citizens' takeouts. This, okay. is, this
0: is mind-boggling to me. Okay. Go ahead. So,
1: and this is how I understand this. If Scott and I want to start Larry, Moe, and Curly Insurance Carrier, Great name. we can go to citizens and basically hand-select policies that we basically want to take over, Right. And then those people are now part of Larry Moe and Curly Mutual, correct? And I'll give you one better than that. Well, I'm not done, but that's oh, okay. correct, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You can pick the ones you want, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So what does that leave? We're not going to pick the bad ones. Sure. We're going to pick the good risks. Right. So does that, Alex, then this is the part I'm not sure about, does that leave all the bad risks with citizens, which then further hurts their profitability? Which well, the problem is, is, is
2: the bad ones are supposed to stay at citizens. True. Right? So citizens Truth. exists to ensure the bad ones. Right. The concept behind the takeouts was that there's profitable business there that you know, uh Larry Moe and Curly, you know, Inc. should be taking. Mm-hmm. The problem really lies in is that um we don't really have a good risk in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's yeah. a fallacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I joke around with folks, there's no such thing as a standard insured anymore they're just insurance agents that don't ask enough questions
1: so like are you better are you better off being in the middle of the state where you have basically a 50 50 shot of getting hit with a storm from either side are you better off being on one
0: side or the other Well, and and the the, uh, lawsuits yeah right so it it doesn't matter how good your house or bad your house is if you're going to assign benefits to a roofing company and then the law firm charges three hundred thousand dollars in legal fees, mm-hmm. and before long, you got a twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollar roof well, that costs three hundred fifty, four hundred thousand dollars. Well, the problem with assignment of benefits from for
1: roofers, which is essentially for those that don't don't, don't understand, you're essentially assigning your claim to that roofer Correct. or that contractor. We tell our clients not to sign those, but at least we have an option. People in Florida don't. We tell our clients not to sign those because it doesn't ensure. Anything other than your contractor is going to make the maximum amount of money possible. Right. And your claim's not going to get handled any faster. And guess what? Your insurance is probably going to go up more the next year because the
0: claim's going to be higher. Right. So, Alex, you and Bradley are extremely bright people. You are intelligent. You understand insurance backwards and forwards. So today, right now, on the Insurance Guys podcast, I want you to give me the three-step process that every single freaking politician in the state of Florida, including DeSantos, and by the way, DeSantos, you have an open invitation to come on the Insurance Guys podcast any time you, in fact, in f- I got a better idea, DeSantos, better idea. We got a little podcast we need to be doing. It's a little, little surprise for you, DeSantos. Let's bring him on with him. Sure. Well, I'm going to table that for later. Three-step process. You two are very smart people. Now everybody thinks we've got Trump coming on. Step number one. (laughs) Step number one. All of you politicians and lawyers that are so smart in Florida. Optics. I don't like the optics. We're going to go ahead and solve this problem for you right now. Step number one. Scott Howells, the governor of the state of Florida. I walk up to the podium. Ladies Mm -hmm. and gentlemen, I have an announcement today. I'd like to talk to each and every citizen of the state of Florida. We have just passed legislation, and I'm going to go back to my desk and sign it right now. Alex DePazzo is the commissioner. No more assignment of benefits in the state of Florida. It's over. That fixes a large part of it. There's step number one right there. Give me step numbers two and three, because I like to keep things simple. Step one, no more assignment of benefits. Game's over. All you lawyers that are also politicians in the state of florida game's over sorry hope you made a bunch i know you made a bunch of money i know you did so congratulations what's step number two alex
2: well i'll tell you the part of the problem people don't realize is is that the we don't reason we don't have so much insurance capital in the state of florida even though we're one of the larger states as far as revenue is concerned tax revenue is concerned the reality is is that it's the carriers that, that everybody knows the ones we have none, none but one insurance carrier that, that uh, you know, goes on college football and advertises that sure. actually writes in the state of Florida. And, and we, it ends up happening is, is that the way that the system is set up for them to pay the bill for all of these defunct companies. It, it, I mean, that's why they left. They didn't leave because there was assignment of benefits. There was no assignment of benefits at the time. Right. They didn't leave because of legislation, because of, uh, of, of issues with legis- uh, lawyers, forgive me, uh, because they weren't as bad at the time. They left because that the only way that our legislature, you know, in its infinite wisdom, decided that they were going to fund defunct insurance companies was to put it on the backs of the companies who didn't charge for those for the, for for these particular clients, right. but still paying the bill, and then they have they they have to then get that money back from us, the consumer, over a long period of time. So that kind of regulation, that kind of thought process, has to completely end, and it's not simple because uh, it really isn't a simple problem. Uh, but it, But until we can make the the capital that exists out there, the Hartford's, the you know super regionals, sure. the, you know the Zurich's of the world, want to continue to do business in the state of Florida, it's done. I mean, do we, at the end of the day, the, our only real problem with insurance in this state is that there isn't enough people willing to put a bet on the state of Florida, and and I mean, and, and as a Floridian, I mean, I found that
0: supremely so sad. As the governor of the state of Florida, Scott Howell. Obviously, DeSantos can't do it, so I'll just take over and do what he can't do. Step two, we are going to actively recruit, and if that means taking money out of the general fund or some form of tax or whatever we have to do to recruit blue blood carriers back into the state of Florida after we no longer have assignment of benefits, that's our step number two. What's our Caps on the attorney fees. Step number three: Caps on attorney fees. It fixed caps the workers' comp problem. Fees.
2: Yep. It 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 fixed a lot of problems. They property problems, you know, first party litigation problems. It just I, there's just too many little holes for one solution to fix it all.
0: So so speaking of fixing, but what I what I just said would fix a hell of a lot of it. Would.
2: It would. Oh, hundred percent. I yeah, mean, but, 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 but like you
0: said, the optics. The
1: difference is, is you don't have to worry about reelection that's the problem the, the
0: beautiful thing about me being the governor of the state of florida i don't want to get reelected. Right. somebody <laughs> I, you know i've told all of huntsville alabama all of my friends from back home that i'm at one day in the very near future i want to run for the for the uh office of governor of the state of alabama mm-hmm. bradley is going to be my campaign manager and, love, run all, love, and run that all and run all of my social media And um, (laughs) love that job. And so I I get to do all the stuff, but my face isn't on it. So I was sitting outside in patio furniture at the lake with about 10 of my friends about four or five weeks ago. And one of my friends who is a war hero, truly war hero book should be written about him. He looked at me and he said, Scott, I want to tell you something. I'd vote for you for governor. Mm -hmm. And I said, Nathan, there's only one problem with that," he said. "What's that?" And I said, "I don't want to win. <laughs> I just want to run so that everybody in the state of Alabama knows who I protect, insurance and financial services exactly. is." Exactly. I had a friend who uh, was planning
1: on running for city council for the same reason, ended up not doing it. But so, 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 so to segue. Speaking of solving problems, talk a little bit about. Your work with diversity and inclusion with the Big eye. Oh, that's, go, go, no, yes. Go in. Go into that a little bit.
2: So I well, I was uh, on the board of, a, of an organization that's just now starting to branch out of the state of florida called the latin american association of insurance agencies and then i had been an fai member the big Eye affiliate here in florida for, for quite which, some
1: by time. the way when they put their conference on man it is all over social media that place is buzzing dude that's got to be a good event kudos to
2: which them. W- which one are you talking about the fai or the LAIA? lai oh man if you guys you guys have got to make it down here well number one scott your your accent down here i mean you, you're gonna you're gonna get some attention well, the ladies, they're just they're just going to melt. Hey, as, listen, as, as, if
0: you knew my wife, better bring her with you. Let me tell you, my wife is not a stable human being.
2: <laughs> she she right in. This is, this is, this, she,
0: is a, this is Florida, my friend. She she will remind me, Alex, this is a true story. Once a month, she will remind me if you ever cheat on me, I'm going to take every single thing that you own. That is in this house everything you own i'm gonna put every i'm gonna pile it in the front yard and i'm gonna set it on fire i swear to god and i believe her with all my heart very calmly yeah yeah
2: well i mean a good i, I bring her with you because i'll tell I, you you know different it. than a uh, agent 2020 or 2021 which right. are one of those that uh gary v did um, as opposed to putting you in the middle of nowhere dade county florida Right. Uh, we we put it on uh, right on the water at Halloween Beach. Wow, I mean, it's at, a really. It,
1: based on what I've seen, it's a really good event, and I have a I have a pretty good gauge of conferences, especially insurance conferences, because we've been to so many. Right. You can kind of tell when there's one that's a deflated balloon versus we, a a good one.
2: Well, we do things different. We, one of the things that they strive to do one of the one of the really interesting because sometimes people ask me what the differences are. Is most conferences you go and there's there's like little clicks right like yeah let's say you go to the faia ones right yeah. or, or the the big eye ones, you know you're the hospitality suites so you know the cool yeah. kids get to go in there and the right. cool kids get to do this and the cool kids, at LAIA they manufacture their events in a way that CSRs are standing next to company presidents
1: yeah yeah you yes. know yeah. it's
2: it's an opportunity for everyone to get together to grow together to learn from each other because. Nice. You know i can tell you right now that even if you talk from a company rep perspective a lot of them what they like about our conference is that they get to talk to the csrs right, right? Mm-hmm. which they don't get to do every day yeah. and let's who's placing the business
1: right they right. are right
2: so it's, you know and, and so in my involvement with that organization which i was very very proud to, to to serve as president in 2013 2014. the the big guy at that time diversity task force came onto my radar because the then chair his name is uh, Juan Padron and uh, they're, uh, they have safeguard insurance in uh, Texas in the Rio, Rio Grande Valley. And uh, he came to our conference and started talking to us a little bit about what was going on there. And he talked to me a little bit about, about the task force. And that was my first year that I went up to speak personally uh, at the task force. And there I met uh, Randy Lenoir. And push gun to shove, a little while later, uh, Randy became president and he chose me, uh, you know, along with the whole board of the big guy. Uh, to to come on to the council. Now I'll tell you that it was a, an extreme eye eye awakening situation for me. So, I have lived in Miami, Florida, my entire life. I I basically only need to go 40 blocks north, 40 blocks south, 40 blocks east, 40 blocks west, right. and I've got everything I want for me. So there's not, I don't really leave all that often. And if you ask me if the insurance industry had a diversity and inclusion problem in my worldview, I'd say no. Right. We're fine. I mean, you want to name, you know, female agency owners that are, you know, uh, Cuban American. I can name you five that run agencies much larger than mine with much more employees than I do. Right. uh, Without even thinking about it twice, you know, of of every kind. Miami, everybody's from someplace else. That's the cool story of, of where I live. But when I went up there and I started to my eyes were open to really what was happening in my neck of the woods was not necessarily the truth for everybody. Right. There are a lot of voices of, of individuals within our industry that, that they just weren't being heard. They weren't raising their hands. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of always been my question ever since that I was open. I, I would give, when asked the truth, I'd be like, I'm here, a lot of times folks think that the reason I'm here is because my father happened to be born in Havana, came to this country and opened an agency. But I can tell you that I'm, I can make an argument that I'm the most privileged guy at this table. Because in my world, I, all of this already exists. My church mm-hmm. has 73 nationalities represented in a 5,000 member church, right? So we don't know what it's like not to have that kind of diversity. But when, when I was given the opportunity to, to help carriers, to help other agents, to help big eye affiliates, real, not necessarily realize the issue, but realize the potential that they were leaving on the table mm-hmm. right. by not creating more inclusive environments, then I, I mean I, I I was blessed to be given the opportunity, and I absolutely have at it. Was was glad to be there and a part of that. And 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 what we did was we would you know we would put on the work. We create the business case for diversity as far as the insurance industry was concerned. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, think about it for a moment. We're all complaining that we can't find people to work, right? What do you need to be successful in the insurance industry, Scott? What do you need to be successful in the insurance industry? Two things: hungry and a license. Right. That's it. You need no other qualifications to be able to be great somewhere in this industry. Getting them a license is easy, but I can show you a bunch of hungry people.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: I can I can take you to communities that where they don't realize the potential because insurance inside the United States is not at all like. work like what it works from, you know, places well. My my family's from a communist country. There's no such thing as insurance, right? Right. But if you take other, you know, Mexico, Costa Rica, Latin America, Ecuador, Brazil, Argentina, whatever, insurance doesn't work the same way there as it works here. Yep. Uh, and so when when they, they there's a lot of mistrust mm. within you know these communities. And so if we can open their eyes to the possibility of the, uh, just a little bit of the infinite amount of potential that exists by working in the insurance industry we would not have staffing problems at any company.
0: Alex, I've got one final question for you. And then we've got to run and get, we've got another podcast we need to do here in about five minutes. It is not lost on me and it is not lost on Bradley. I am viewed, right or wrong, as some redneck from Alabama. Now I don't think Bradley gets quite as much of that. He's a little more cultured, a little more politically correct than I am from time to time, but it is not lost on us that we both want to be more culturally diverse relative to this podcast. And I'm, I'm going to lump, you know, whether it's African-American females, whether it's Latin American, I, I don't see color. I mean, I, I was just in Jamaica for seven days two weeks ago, and I was the minority there, and it didn't bother me at all. I, I've always kind of had their philosophy of, you know, love, love, peace i i, I just it's, it's just not ever been anything that that i you because you hear alabama and you think of the bull connor and the racism and everybody you know we have daniel song was like is there anybody in alabama that's asian I'm like, yeah are you kidding me <laughs> and i think a lot of people see this podcast as two guys from alabama they must both be you know redneck a racist or or something. I, I, not, I don't think a lot of people think that but I do think some people do What can Bradley and I do and I'm sincerely asking this we had somebody like after the one city world tour last year Make a comment about us not having any female speakers, which we did and she caught COVID before the freaking conference but what can we do more of, and I guess it's probably, I hate to answer my own question, but have more culturally diverse guests. Is that what we need to do? Is that what we need to do so, to help?
2: I'll tell you two things that I think that would help you a lot. Number one, you can't constantly go to the same well and expect to get different water.
0: writing mm. mm. that right? shit down.
2: So, so that's probably the biggest. If, if, if you guys are looking for guests, look for guests in places you've never looked for. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And if you want, I can give you offhand. I'll give you a few places that you might be able to find some guests. The number two is see color. So the big kind of mistake that happens with when it comes to people talking about diversity and inclusion, and 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 I include everyone when we're talking about diversity and inclusion. We're not talking about just people who are underrepresented. We're talking about the majority too, because it's all the voices together that really creates the change. but the 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 inclusion part of diversity, and inclusion, is being able to see the differences in other people and bring them into our organizations.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's
2: not, not seeing them
0: mm-hmm. because
2: see what, what we missed. One of the, one of the biggest blessings I've had when that I learned when I became a, a, a member of the diversity council was the significant amount of training that we experienced just by, by being there Right about checking our own biases. Mm-hmm. It's become a part of who I am. I mean, right. I am eternally grateful to the big guy for teaching me that because that doesn't just, Change how I do insurance, mm-hmm. changes how I do everything. I'm constantly checking my biases. And so instead of instead of trying to homogenize the process, see the individuals, see where their strength lies. Take the time to listen to where they want their aspirations to take them and how insurance in your your particular organization can get them there. Mm-hmm all of those two things i guarantee you you're going to start having a well, significant you, you just
0: you just changed my perspective you know i said i i don't see color and i think you're right i probably need to do i need we i'm going to want bradley in here with me probably do need to see color a little bit more relative to podcast guests people that we bring on the show and i'm going to put a little bit this this back on them though you got to want to do it too you mm-hmm. know when we reach out i mean yeah if we reach out to you and we say, hey, we'd love to bring you on. Well, no, nah, I don't want to come on. I'm afraid. I'm scared. I don't know. I don't know what that's going to be like or whatever. Um, yeah.
2: Well, 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 I will tell you, I will give you. So one of the most impactful things that have happened to me actually happened at an LAAIA lunch. Uh, but we had the president of of NIA, the Afri- National African American Organization, speaking at that lunch, right. and there was a gentleman who raised his hand during you know a part of the speech, and I went, I immediately went up to him, happened to be African American, happened to work for a large carrier, and um, I, you know just to say, hey, how are you, man? Thank you for raising your hand. It's not easy to do. We know it's not easy to do, and and he said that for this first time in 35 years in the insurance industry, was the first time he felt like he could raise his hand. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you that. It's not necessarily that they don't want to. or And there's definitely going to be a fear factor there. But keep in mind that a lot of times they've been shut down. A lot of times they've been yeah. passed over. A lot of time they've been asked to step up only because of their color.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. And
2: so those are the people you might be asking. And, and again, I only do that as a perspective right. of changing the mindset of how we do these things and, and checking those questions before you ask them. And you'd realize that it just a little bit of time, a little bit of kind of Take a take the extra a little finesse, copy. David Carruthers here. Yeah, take the extra two minutes.
0: Yeah, right, man. That's outstanding, Alex. Thank you for being on today. My pleasure. You. Thank you
2: very much for having me on. And by the way, I now feel like my insurance uh, journey has been complete because I have been introduced by Scott. Howell. Well, I appreciate
0: <laughs> that. I can't wait to meet
1: you for the you low, up. low price of fifty nine ninety five. You guys can get a Scott Howell intro sent directly to your inbox. Uh, yeah. yeah,
2: Scott Howell now video really on cameo. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Alex, uh, I'm going to do a little bit of research on the LAIA, and if my schedule allows for it you know i was just down in miami three or four months ago but i i would love to come down there and be a part of it i love going to conferences and meeting people that i don't know anybody yeah ever. me too that's that's a great thing
2: well i'll, I'll challenge you even more okay if, you, if y'all want to come down together do a podcast right from the floor we can do that
1: That'd we would all. we'd be all over that yeah i would just go and, i mean we,
0: we would do that yeah we can
2: get we can make that happen
0: Alex, as I end every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go out into the big, bad world. Write business for your wife, for your husband, for your kid's college fund. Make money for them, for your parents that are struggling out there. Go help them. Figure out what your why is. And whatever that is, go live the life that you deserve to live write good business for the companies that you represent and write good business for the agencies that you represent. Bradley flowers. I love you. Thanks man. Thanks Alex. Alex, we love you too. Pleasure, brother. Guys, you are listening to the insurance guys podcast. We love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com. Or email me at Scott at And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at Bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. We thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.